guys, welcome back to the Built for Life podcast. Um, Jen and I are here both potentially pretty sleep deprived. <laughs> it's been um, it's been a heavy heavy week, heavy couple of weeks. Obviously, we brought Ruri on board, who is now going to be the head of high performance within the program. Sensational guy, huge background in elite level sport with rugby, strength and conditioning, exercise and sports science. Like he's going to bring a whole new dynamic to the team, which we are buzzing about. So we have been onboarding him in this week for him to start taking calls with our clients next week. And Jane has just done a 24-hour round trip to Belfast. (laughs) (laughs) No Guinness, though, so I'm feeling all right. Just sleeping no Guinness. People actually do tell me that having a Guinness in Belfast is a bit of a crime. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It doesn't, like, right, nobody come for me for saying this, but it does taste better, like, down like down, down south. It does down, taste better. Down the south. Down the south. <laughs> I'm, try, I'm trying to say that, like, really, like, try, trying to say that in a way that won't piss anyone off if I say it wrong. This is, um, this is just Jen showing our sectarianism here. <laughs> <laughs> Because people are in the fucking DMs calling me a cow. <laughs> the closer to Dublin you are, the better it tastes. That's just factual. If um, anyone's from Dublin here, please um, inbox us and let us know that that's <laughs> I've actually only ever had, what, two Guinnesses in my life. And to be fair, they were in Belfast because people were absolutely gobsmacked. I'd never had a Guinness. And yeah, I had the first one when we were supposed to go to dinner. I drank the first Guinness and I was like, I don't need dinner anymore. <laughs> it's like a meal, isn't it? Absolute meal. I don't know how people can just drink them non-stop all night. It's ridiculously heavy. I know. The nicest one I've ever had is in Galway. That has definitely been, which doesn't make much sense because like, it's not Dublin and it's made yeah. in Dublin. But um, I don't know if it's just because I was like really enjoying my time there. But yeah, that was my favourite. But I didn't have one this time because, like you say, I'm I'm deep in the deficit dungeon. I can't justify a Guinness. <laughs> You've been wanking over that Galway Guinness for, for months. <laughs> I've been dying at it for three months. <laughs> Sounds like we digressed already. But anyway, there is a there is a point to this podcast, unless all you guys just want to sit and talk about booze more often and have a bit of an input. But we kind of took this idea from. Well, we see it constantly, but our in-house psychotherapist Jean ran a training last night called Embracing Failure to Reach Success. And we thought that the topic of failure would be a really good thing to touch on today because it's where most people usually go wrong. I think a lot of the time it causes this catastrophic effect when things don't go your way, your expectations don't live up to the reality of what's actually happened in front of you, like the outcomes you want to achieve. And your ego can be a little bit dented by that. And as a result, you see failure as a bad thing and you can't really take the lessons from it. And I always say that you should be able to take more from any challenge than it takes from you. But people, I believe, and it's because I've seen it so many times and I have been there, like to be a victim of their failure, I feel to some degree, because it allows them to create some level of significance. People are like, oh, you're okay, like listen, you can try again after. And then you take more of a hissy fit because you realise the more you take a hissy fit, the more people comfort you. <laughs> the more you make it about you, the more people comfort you. And that's a that's a relevant, let's just say, stopgap for you not achieving your results, but still giving you some level of satisfaction. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think it all comes down to your relationship with failure and your definition of what failure actually is. Like, I'm very much the belief that if you 
if you don't give up on yourself, you've never actually failed at anything. Like, what's really interesting is, like, exactly what happened to us right before we hit record, which is we're trying to think about, like, things that, daft decisions that we've made or stupid shit that we've done. Now, that doesn't mean that we've not failed. Like, we have both failed at, like, different things at different times. But a relationship with failure means that we don't see them as stupid things or stupid decisions. Like, every single time we've made a wrong decision, we've had a failure. Like, early days of business, when I was fucking making stupid decisions and you were like, why the hell did you do that? <laughs> like, I still don't see it as something silly or daft or something that I shouldn't have done because my relationship with failure is that every time I've thought I've failed at something or every time I thought I was at like the end of the line, there's always been some some other opportunity, some other thing that's cropped up that's been better than what I had originally even thought of. And I think when you have a positive relationship with failure, you don't you don't think that the failure is the end of the line. You're mm. very much like it's the end of this line, but something else is going to come. Like something else is going to some some other opportunity or some other way of being is is going to show up. And I think it's weird because when I watch people, when people say to me, I can't believe I failed or I feel like a failure or I failed at this. And I'm like, no, you failed at your perception of what this was supposed to be. Like, you just have to redefine your perception. Like, I can remember doing this. People say this all the time about running, right? And I remember doing this, like, go for a long run and not being able to do it because I get calf pain. And I was calling it a failed 15K. And actually, like, it wasn't failed. I just did five and got an injury. Like, it's not... <laughs> didn't fucking fail at it like it's just that it couldn't go ahead and then at the next time I tried to do it it went ahead and it was fine so it's like it's more about like how people define themselves exactly as you say define themselves by it and whether you see it as something and happen something hap- happening to you or something that actually you can use as an opportunity to grow and I think when you know high performers high performers fucking love failure like they have a great relationship with failure because there's always an opportunity that is born from it. So instead of like defining yourself by it and staying there, it's very much like I can't wait for the opportunity that this is going to bring because it's a process of experimentation. If it didn't work, there's a reason it didn't work. So you need to find out what the reason is for it not working instead of deciding, actually, I failed at this and I'm going to abandon it. Like I think it's dead interesting people talk about something like a failed business. I've had multiple failed businesses. Have you though, or have you just not found the right way of running a business yet for you, right? Because all that experience of building business doesn't erase overnight because your business liquidates and doesn't doesn't work. Like you still have that ten years of shit that you did wrong and mistakes that you've made that will change the way that you then implement your successful business. So it, it's so down to the perception, I think, in people's relationship with failure that will always define how they respond to it. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. But you know what actually came to mind there when you were talking about those kind of failed attempts, people recognising that essentially there's something else out there to to kind of pursue and see in the opportunity. But also sometimes kind of disregarding it. What that makes me think of a little bit is what we discussed at this week's Open Office. And I know that you you love this and you love talking about it, which is like that circle of influence. 
I think when people fail at something, they think so much of like, what are my friends going to think? What is social media going to think? Because everyone's been watching my progress to this half marathon. Everyone's been watching this cut. I'm on, if I show up now and I say I binged out over the weekend, which probably wasn't even a binge from last week's episode, it was probably just that you overate on your calories and you're giving yourself a very hard time. What are they going to think of me? What are the people at my work going to think if I take this slice of pizza and I say I'm going to be on a diet? They're going to see me as a failure. I think people are so focused, so much so, on the influence that people have around them and the concern of who may judge them, what this may impact because of this action, so much so that they lose control of their thoughts, the way in which they make decisions, their actions, the mindset they're in, and it kind of crumbles from there. And when you think about a pyramid, it basically crumbles and falls if like the foundations obviously crumble and fall. Like if this the top starts crumbling, at the end of the day, you can go up and you can fix the top of it, you know, and you can rebuild it to a better standard. But it's kind of like that circle of control and that circle of influence and circle of concern. If that inner circle crumbles, then if you think of like the universe fucking falling in on itself, <laughs> if that inner circle falls, everything else just fucking goes in with it and just overwhelms it. Do you think that that is part of so many people's problems? A hundred percent, because I think when people think about what's within their control, they don't identify first the things that they cannot control that they have to let go of. So it's almost like they put the things that are in the circle of concern into the circle of influence and tell themselves, I must find a way of controlling this situation. And that's not what it is. It's about controlling how you respond to the situation, right? And I think that's why that that theory is so useful for people is because when we talk to people about controlling the controllables, like focus on what is within your control, they go, well, I can't control this situation. I can't control my boss being a dick. I can't control my kids not sleeping. And it's like, we're not asking you to control that. If we could fucking, if we had the magic wand that helped you control uncontrollable situations, we're fucking millionaires, right? <laughs> when we recording this podcast, <laughs> begging for sponsorships. Yeah. Eh, that we probably still would. But like, it's it's about how you choose to respond to the situation and how you choose to, to define yourself by the outcomes and not the failures. And I think people who really define themselves by their failures and define themselves by the things that they've not succeeded at really, really find themselves stuck in that drama triangle where you no longer just become the victim of difficult situations. You identify yourself as a victim who bad things always happen to, right? So when it comes to more difficult situations in life, because life is full of difficult situations, you accept that you will be a victim of it and you relinquish your control immediately because yeah. you immediately find someone or something to blame and then someone or something to rescue you. So it becomes a state of mind that you perceive anything bad that happens as happening to you. And we've spoken about this before, like you will be a victim of fucking some fucking hellish situations in your life, right? Most people are, most people go through horrendous experiences and it's for nobody to decide whose experience is more horrendous than somebody else's, right? But ultimately, if you define yourself by those situations and by those experiences, you're not giving yourself the ability to choose to respond in a different way. And it's not always about 
you're not always going to get this right, crucially, right? I think that people expect themselves to, <clears throat> like, not respond to an emotion, for example. So if somebody comes and tells me, I've got a real issue with anger, I yeah. get angry really quickly, I go from zero to 100, I can't stop it, right? You're not going to immediately now, instinctively, and every time you feel anger in every situation, go, I'm pausing to respond, right? Like, you're not going to do that. You might really take some time to take a step away and breeze through a situation and leave it and come back and communicate later. And you might do that in one situation. And then you might fucking hit a pothole and start kicking fuck out your car, right? Like, it's not going to be that you decide I want to be better at responding to these situations and all of a sudden it just happens. Like, it absolutely is a process for that to become the way you instinctively respond to things. But you kind of just stop yourself from feeling the way that you feel about it. Like, this is this is the, this is the crux of it, is that when something is in your circle of concern, it's okay to still be fucked off about it. It's okay to still be annoyed at the situation. Just don't respond as a result of that emotion, right? And respond from a place of intelligence focused on where do I actually have any influence in this situation? And if I have no influence, then I either have to let it go or move on. Talking about like how people define themselves by those failures, I think is so, so key here because it does come down to your identity and like the perception that you have of yourself. And I firmly believe like your identity and your self-worth, your self-esteem is so highly correlated with one another because if you obviously see yourself as a failure and obviously failure is something you do, not someone or something you are, then your self-worth is just totally underpinned on a sea of fucking failures. So regardless of what you're trying to achieve, relationships you're trying to improve, opportunities in your career you're trying to go after love that you're trying to find you're never really going to feel as if you can do it because your identity has always been underpinned by all of your failures then your self-esteem is defined by those failures and I've spoken on a podcast previously about this and this is how I keep myself very emotionally balanced and I talk to, to our clients all the time about like just the power of writing things down like I will write things down or I, I used to, I don't really do it quite as much anymore because I've affirmed it to myself so much through action and through writing things down that I can refer to during difficult times to remind me what I need to do. And I have opened a couple of podcasts that I've been on previously where people have said, like, who are you? Where are you from? What age are you? And I was like, as much as like, I'm 29 years old, I'm from fucking Hamilton in Scotland, all of that sort of stuff. Like I don't define myself from where I am. Um, or where I'm from, sorry, I don't define myself by my age. Like a lot of people that we work with could still easily just see me as a silly wee guy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so if I define myself by my age, I would very often be looking up to people that I coach, potentially thinking because they're older and wiser than me, do they think that what I'm telling them is, is, is true? Are they going to trust it? You know, that way, like you have to have authority in who you are. If I believe that I am a byproduct of my environment and define myself where I'm from. I could be very small-minded. I don't see opportunities to grow, to travel, to live elsewhere, to make more money than we ever had growing up, like all of that sort of stuff. And I always like to say that I am someone who defines myself purely by the characteristics I've created and built for myself and the systems which govern my life. So regardless of whether or not my business tanked tomorrow and down the drain, I would still go up in the morning and do the exact same shit that I'm currently doing. I would still get up, walk, I would go to the gym, I would run, and basically I would spend the time that I usually work in my business at the moment to rebuild the fucking business and find new ways to do it. Like, 
most pe- so many people just don't focus on that process on that journey and they're just so focused on wanting to get that end result because they think it's going to bring them some form of happiness and i think it's so important for everyone to understand that that is a high and see when you get distorted chasing highs you'll always be chasing highs so it's like the the person who potentially got a new watch and then two three weeks later four weeks later after they did loads of compliments on it and maybe one of your friends got a better watch you want the next watch you're on a high it has like a small lag effect it's like if you're really fucking unhappy and you move into a home and you're like oh this is brilliant celebrations new stuff once it's kitted out and you're still left with the fucking four walls of your own mind the depression the anxiety you don't really love it anymore so then you start thinking just like what can i buy on asos what night out can i go on you know because people are just chasing the next high and people live their life chasing highs all the time like totally totally distorted just thinking that if they achieve something, it's then going to solve all the problems. And I remember Rio Ferdinand, this is always who I like to refer to, to give a kind of example about this. He spoke in the High Performance Podcast about the fact that when Man United won the Champions League trophy, the next day they were no longer the Champions League winners. They were the they were the current reigning champions, but they were basically now getting getting chased by everyone else. So like they were the people that everyone else were now going to try and beat. So they are the holders, they are the retainers of it, but they are no longer the winners because they won yesterday. And if they let themselves get too high on that thought of like, I'm a fucking Champions League winner, they then become complacent. And what happens? They've got no chance of fucking retaining the Champions League the following season. And it's that focus, it's that complacency as well that comes with those highs. It's like people getting in great shape and then saying to themselves like, oh, fucking made it, this is so great. They stopped doing all the shit that they'd done to get the result in the first place. You know, why do you think high-performing people sustain their life in this way for so long? Because even if they can't be fucked getting up and journaling in the morning, they still do it. If they can't be fucked going out when it's snowing or raining to get steps in, they still fucking do it. Because it's not that they're operating from a place of circumstance and a place of feeling better within themselves because they've achieved something. They're doing it because they know that they risk it all if they stop doing it. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And like I've been in this place so many times myself, like where and I said no spoke about this last week, where it was it was the complacency that fucking killed it because I was hundred percent chasing those highs, doing it for all the wrong reasons. And like I can remember even when I was younger, like trying to build my career and <clears throat> really trying to get to where I wanted to go. Because I, I I did move up like the ladder pretty quickly in my job for someone at my age. Like I like I did I did go up really fast. Um and I can remember at the time thinking that that was such a good thing and that was something to be commended for. And actually, because I went up so fast, when I got to the position that I was in, I was fucking riddled with imposter syndrome because I'd tried to speed up the fucking process chasing the high of climbing the ladder that by the time I got to that place I was like fuck I don't know what I'm doing like I'm not gonna scooby where I'm going like that that sort of complacency of I know I can do that so I just need to keep building 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 growing 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 only for the purpose of getting there that when I got there I was like fuck what's all that shit that I know that got me here like do I have enough experience behind me to know how to deal with these situations and like I feel like the same thing happens on this journey is like if you get to the result like pure fast like sacrifice everything to get to where you want to go relentlessly 
Like, that is great, but you miss that fucking vital evidence along the way if you don't fail. Like, mm. we spoke about this, obviously, kind of early days of this podcast, that, like, it's so crucial for you to fail fucking spectacularly at various stages of this, this process, because otherwise you don't get the data based on failure. You don't get the information that you need to learn for how you sustain it. So when you get to this great result, you get fucking imposter syndrome about your result because you've not actually got the skills and the knowledge and the process, like the depth of understanding actually how you sustain this way of life because you were doing it chasing a fucking high. And like, again, it comes back, like I know you were talking about ego as well, like on Monday night. It comes back to that belief of the ego that when I get this, I'll be happy. When I get there, I'll be happy. Like, and you chase all the shit. The only reason I was fucking moving up that ladder was for my fucking ego, right? Because I liked that I was fucking moving up. Nobody gives a fuck, right? Genuinely, nobody cared as much about it as me, right? And it's like, it's funny now doing something that I really enjoy and that really fulfills me is that I want to get better based on the impact that it's going to have in what I do. So, like, if I choose now to do a new qualification, I'm super fucking clear on what impact doing that is going to have in specific areas and how it will change what I'm already doing. Whereas previously, my ego would have went, just go do another master's, so there's more fucking letters after your name. Nobody gives a fuck. I no longer give a fuck, but back then, it's like, how do I define myself by all of these fucking ego-based things that nobody else cares about, nobody gives a shit about, but it's just me determined to find validation for myself? I'm so happy that you brought up ego there. Like, see, before you brought up ego, I was like, I'm going to bring up ego. Brainstorm <laughs> <laughs> strike again. But it's so true because I think your ego does get you far to a certain point, but then it will cripple you and it will just completely tear you down. Like, even me talking about my insecurities last week and why I started this journey. Essentially, like, see the people that used to compliment me, validate me, be like, you're fucking huge. See, having bullies reach out to me, being like, I am overweight, I'm out of shape, I'm so unhappy, and me being almost like that guy who can help, I'm like, fuck you, mate. This is what I've been working for all my days. And I used to have, like, that reaction when bullies used to reach out to me as well, because I used to be like, look who's fucking suffering now. You know, and that's because I was just doing everything for pure ego. That's why I was focused so much on building this like thick, big anterior or sorry, exterior. And on the anterior, I was still just this like little boy who was scared that was just trying to trying to showcase something that was a portrayal of strength. And obviously now I'm nowhere. I wouldn't say I'm nowhere near as big. I'm not nowhere near as big as I was, but I've obviously got more into like athleticism. Like, and that transition of like being pretty fucking big um, and what worked hard for all those years but not really being fit in the process was a hard transition to start with but I realised it was just my ego talking like holding me back from really being able to go all in with it and see the minute I was like you know what this is what I want I no longer want to be the guy who is caring so much about what the bullies are saying or the people who basically look up to me just because of what size I am I don't want to pursue something that's just for me because I've been doing this for so long for other people at the back of my mind. And it's an energy drain at the end of the day. I used to wake up after drinking on a Saturday night and make sure I was in the gym because I'd be thinking about these people. You know, now when I do it, I just do it because I want to fucking go out and just enjoy my surroundings, like have fun on my own. And I think that's such an important concept because most people's egos are predominantly getting in their way and I don't think they quite realise it. 
Mm-hmm. Like, if I look back on where I was at that time in my life and where I am now, I always refer to this like Marcus Aurelius quote, I'm sure it was, which is, I am the wisest man in the world because for that I know nothing. And I speak to so many people who need help, don't want to ask for it, want to work themselves into the ground. Even sometimes, like with our clients, the people we work with, huge egos initially. Oh, yeah. People telling us, like, oh, I know what I'm doing, even though they're not making progress. And then you tell them, they're like, I'm already doing that. And it's like, well, you're fucking not if you're not making progress. <laughs> and we've, well, had, we've had people that we no longer work with because they were too proud to let their ego down, yeah. right? Because they are high performers in other areas, yet they couldn't perform highly in this area. They couldn't admit that they were clearly overeating, and that's why they weren't losing weight. They couldn't admit to the fact that they weren't getting their steps in every single day. When you asked them for proof, no proof would come. And if you want to continue to let your ego run the show, you're never going to be fucking happy. You're never going to achieve the results you want. You're always going to feel as if you're caged in your own mind because you're always going to have to pussyfoot around the facts and pussyfoot around your life, portraying this version of yourself onto the world to paint this pretty picture when really inside you're fucking demolished. And that's why you can make things look so perfect on socials when you're struggling so much inside. And people need to recognize more of it. They need to let the shield down. They need to speak openly and authentically. I remember one of the best things I'd done to overcome my egos, because I used to look at coaches in the industry that were in better shape than me. Coaches in the industry that, and you were better coaches than me. And I used to fucking bitch about them constantly. Those fuckers, like they don't know anything. They're just full of roids. Like they just get, they just get clients cause they're in good shape. When fact of the matter is that's definitely a part of the job. (laughs) (laughs) But I used to see all these things and you know what actually got me very uncomfortable, but it brought so much growth. Just telling people about my insecurities and telling people about my ego. And honestly, I remember the first time I ever wrote an Instagram post about it. I was in Barcelona in 2018, I think it was. Still remember the post, the picture I put up with it. And see the response I got from it. I was like, that was so good to, to let it off my shoulders. And also, I started complimenting people instead of being an arsehole to people. And now, I just feel fucking great for everyone. Apart from oh. the people that aren't putting in the fucking work. A hundred percent. And I think it's interesting when you think back, like, I can remember, like, I used to be such a judgmental person. Like, I was so, I really, I really, really heavily identified with with the victim state. Like, I think after I realised that I had been abused and I realised that the reason that I felt the way that I did about everything in my life was was coming from, like, that place of trauma. I can remember just feeling so fucking sorry for myself when, like, battling my mental health and... I was fucking obese and had no money and fucking hated my job and all, all of those fucking woe is me routines, right? And I think when you're really there, you're always going to find a reason why. You're always going to find something to blame for it. Like, there's always going to be something that your ego will tell you that isn't fucking true. Because the, the ego is there to keep you safe, right? Like, ego, ego really is there to protect you quite a lot of the time. So obviously my ego is trying to protect me by saying it's that thing that's to blame. It's not you, right? Like, it's not your fault. And like, aye, it wasn't my fault that bad things happened to me. But if I then use that as a reason to stay stuck and not live my life and not build the life that I deserve, then that is my fault, (laughs) right? Like, crucially, I'm playing a fucking role in that. I'm playing a role in perpetuating that. 
And I think when you're really in that difficult place of low self-worth, low self-esteem, like can't validate who you are or how you feel, you see something in others that you wish you had in yourself and the easiest way to deal with that pain is to find something to judge them for and like I used to have something to say about fucking everybody people who wouldn't even know who I was if I fucking punched them in the face do you know what I mean like people who I would be irrelevant to but I had curated these views and opinions on who they were and what they did and all from a place of fucking self-hatred like all from a place of if I hate myself then I'm going to hate everybody else and it's interesting now when I talk to people about the worry of what others think of them, it's the judgment of people like the way I was that they're worried about. Yeah. It's it's those bitter, rooted in victim, angry people who are so encased in with their own shit. They're the only people that are passing that judgment on you. And if they're passing that judgment on you, it's all to do with them and nothing to do with you as a person is everything to do with them and their pain and their bitterness and their sadness because they are defined by the bad shit that's happened to them and when you really think about it in context those people don't have the right to even pass judgment on you and if somebody's that fucking angry at the world you really give a fuck like is that a measured opinion to assess yourself against and I think it's it's strange because when people when people judge other people, it's always a reflection of somewhere that they're feeling pain in themselves. Like, look at all those things you were judging those coaches for, right? Like, things that you wanted to have that you just didn't know yet how to get. Mm-hmm. So it was easier to judge them for what they had and find that you really got to find a reason for why they had it to keep safe. But when you decided, actually, fuck it, I'm just going to create it instead... You like you, you don't care. I, I truly don't give a fuck what people are doing. See if I see someone doing something now that looks a bit fucking wacky and off the wall and ridiculous. I'm like, good on you, girl. On you go. <laughs> like, go after it. Go and do that mental thing. Like, go and pack in your job and open a fucking coffee shop for cats. Like, good on you for going and doing the thing that you think is right for you because that takes serious courage takes serious fucking bravery and I think when you think about when people talk about the fear of people judging them a lot a lot of time it is that invisible army of people right Mm -hmm. who they can't define but then it comes down to family friends the people that love them and it's that fear that it's not necessarily the fear of them judging you it's the fear of them seeing who you truly are deep down that you're trying to hide, right? It's the fear of you showing to them, actually, I've been this person that you think I am, but deep down, this is who I truly am, or here is the person that I want to become. So you wait on that validation and that feedback from them. You say, yeah, go and become that person, but that person's not visible to them. So they're only going to judge it because they don't know that person, right? How many times, how many people have said to you, Right. I know you've been self-employed for a very long time, right? But the amount of people that say to me and they'll have said to you as well, stupid. What a daft decision, right? Like, I know you've probably not heard it for a long time, right? But I only left my job last year and I you and Paul <laughs> were the only people <laughs> who said to me, 
fucking go for it. Bro, do it. Like, don't even doubt it. Just get it done. Now, all the people who told me not to do it were not judging my ability to do it, right? They just didn't understand what it was I was trying to do and who it was I was trying to become. It wasn't visible to them. It was visible to you because you were helping me build it. And it was visible to Paul because he was helping build me while I built it, right? <laughs> so, like, it was visible to you. So you could see clearly what I could see, which was the vision and the future and where it was going to go. But to those people who were telling me, which was pretty much everybody else, like, is that a good idea? Like, are you sure you've thought it through? It just wasn't visible to them. So when you're trying to become this new person, you know that new person you're trying to become fucking inside out because you've spent time getting to know them. So they are so clear and visible to you, but they exist only in your head until you become them. So when you tell other people, I want to do this thing, they're like, oh, fuck no, don't do that. Like, that's ridiculous. Like, have you thought this through? Like, well, it's the only thing I've been thinking about for the last three months, Janet, I, <laughs> right? But uh-huh. to them, it's just not visible. It's not clear. And then you go into a place of self-doubt of if all these other people are telling me it's a bad idea, it must be, when in actual fact, they just can't see what you can see. Whereas if you shut up, go and do the work, go and get the thing that you want to get and then look back and say, by the way, this is who I am now. People are judging what they see in front of them, right? As opposed to something that you have not yet created. And if they see what the success you've created in front of them and they still think that it's not a great idea, guess who they are? The fucking bitter person stuck in that hard place judging you because you've become something that they want to be. Yeah, I, I I couldn't agree more with this because I'm actually just reflecting on my like tenure of being self-employed and not even my tenure of being self-employed in business, but my tenure of just developing myself. Like, obviously, I've spoke in depth about like why I started this journey, but I was also a little bit of a dick before because I was judging everyone. I used to be short. I used to be snappy. I used to get into fights because I wanted to look like a hard man because I knew I wasn't a hard man and that fucking made me very insecure. And my dad's like this very tough guy. He used to kick about in like fucking gangs when he was younger and all that sort of stuff. So then he was he in t- the hubba. Your dad was definitely in the hubba. He was fairly. We were further at the road. Tell me apply now. Yeah, but he, um, he used to tell us stories when he was drunk like the shit he would go up to. And I, you know, I was always like, I, I would never be able to do something like that. And then every time like something would happen and I never stood up for myself, I would get the fucking clip around the ear of like, you need to be standing up for yourself. So it got to the point where I felt as if I had to portray this like stronger guy. And all I've heard for the past probably like six years, I would say, five, six years for people that I've met that I maybe went to school with, I was in fights with when I was younger, is the same line. You used to be a pure wank, by the way, but you're such a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it. This, this is the guy I've always been though and I was so scared to show up and I became such a wanker to try and give everyone else what I perceived they would want from me so much so that it was so unauthentic and they, they could tell a mile off it wasn't me because when you're trying to be someone that you're just generally not like I wasn't this hard man I wasn't this guy with like great partner like I wasn't this pure funny funny guy like other people were and I would always try and fill a void and try and like take part in that so like if people were in a fight I would be trying I would try and be the one to first back everyone else up because it's like I was the one that backed you up like Mm. I was the first guy in the scene if people were cracking jokes I'd try and fucking crack a terrible joke with them and I'd end up 
talking talking about the wrong thing and then I'd get slagged rotten for months about it, which made me feel even worse. Um, or it'd be like music, people listening to music that I didn't really listen to. And then I'd be like, oh, is that so-and-so? And they'd be like, who? Oh, don't know. Which is the worst. Um, and it was just because I'd like, I just had different interests from everyone else. And see, when I started to kind of lean into those interests more, the more I just started to become the man I truly wanted to be and always wanted to be. And now I see that no one judges it for me. And if anyone does judge it and disagrees with what I say, the way I live my life, then essentially that is a then problem because they've not done the work and they've not seen what's possible. And so many people now I've got so much more respect for after having gone through this process because they see me as the man that I am and the guy that I've always been. And that's why I wanted them to see me as. Mm-hmm. And they supported me even though I wasn't that person as well back in the day, like they put up with me. I know I couldn't have been one of the easiest friends to have at times. Um, Potentially if you were in a fight, yes. (laughs) But outside of that, I don't particularly think that I was. And people stood by me because they probably knew that's not who I was because buying closed doors away from the crowds, away from people, I was different and they could see that and they would understand that and they would know that I'm maybe just going through something really difficult, but maybe not quite understand it, but support me where I needed it the most until I found my way out of it. Yeah. And that That's great. And everyone wishes they could have done it sooner. But, yeah. and this is the other thing we hear often, but the timeline is the timeline. You know, sure. it's, it's all dictated on your ability to create the right environment, the right systems to be successful. Like I was talking to one of our clients today and she said my life's actually not chaotic anymore and I'm like that's because you've created your life not to be chaotic you know like that's what you have done and I've done the exact same thing like I used to love being embroiled in that drama because that's where I found like peace in that chaos because I never knew who I was and now I am the most boring cunt on the planet and I fucking I'd I'd fight you for that title (laughs) but I fucking love it like, I love just spending time on my own. I love playing my fucking Switch. I love just going to run. I love going to the gym. I love just sitting, people watching. I love reading a book. Shit, like, I never, ever thought that I would be happy with. And I always felt like I had to have, like, a girl around my arm or, like, loads of friends. But now I've got the only girl I need. Hopefully she doesn't listen to this and her fucking head grows. Uh, <laughs> she never listens anyway, so that's definitely <laughs> <laughs> But, and the, the the reason why it's such a good relationship now is though, like, she she holds me accountable to my shit. And, like, she knows me for who I am. So the minute that I start, because we all still do it at times, the minute I start acting out a line, which is not in line with who I, who I am, she'll fucking remind me. <laughs> and that's the sort of people that you need in your life. And I know it's going gets tough. Like, I know she 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 never thinks that, the bone would get so tough that we would ever be in difficult situations in life as a as a couple. But I know the minute that if I ever became victimized by it, she would be like, right, you get a grip of yourself and you fucking get out there and you work. She re- would remind me of everything that I knew about myself. And that's the kind of people you need. And I've only got a small friendship, a cir- like a friendship circle now as well. And all those people very similarly respect who I am, respect my decisions. They don't try and force me to do anything. They 
come to me for advice instead of feeling as though like this fucker cannot give me advice back in the day because his life is ruined as well. So who am I going to speak to? And it's so much better being almost like that leader for people around you rather than being that follower and not really ever feeling like you could fit in because you've been too scared to go on your own path and just do the same shit as everyone else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think like it's so important that we stay connected to the people who do grind us for who we are because I think sometimes we're both people who really like identify with the work that we do because we're so so aligned to it it's so linked to purpose that we could just do this fucking all day every day and not and not think to stop because it's so aligned to who we are and the contribution that we make and I think that sometimes you need Sometimes you need people in your life who remind you of who you've always been, not just who you are right now. And I think that's like probably like the relationship you have with Joanne, the way Paul is with me as well. It's very much like, remember, you're this person too. Like you're not just that person that you're spending all your time being the now. You're also this person. And I think when you do the kind of work that we do as well, I think I said this, I said this in the podcast maybe last week or the week before, but like when you're getting loads of praise, even though I wouldn't, even though I wouldn't say I'm an ego-driven person, everyone still has an ego. So, see when you're getting loads of praise and people telling you how great you are, it does go to your fucking head. And actually, sometimes you need like your partner to just fucking <laughs> bring you back down to earth and be like, get a fucking grip of yourself and take that bin out. <laughs> Do you know jo- Joanne, like Joanne has said to me before, like. I don't know how your clients will listen to you if they had to fucking see you sometimes. <laughs> That's what she's saying. And I'm like, excuse me? She's like, oh, this big fucking, I, I can help everyone and I've got all these fucking thoughts and I'm fucking so knowledgeable. You're, you're a fucking idiot. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm fucking idiot. But it does, it, it kind of reminds you though and you're like, do I think that I now think I know best in the relationship because I've got this, this ego of knowing that I can help people elsewhere? Because the thing is, in relationships, she doesn't want me coach her. Yeah. So if I'm trying to coach her, then I'm being a fucking coach. <laughs> like then, then I'm I'm being a fucking prick. And she should tell me that I'm being a prick because yeah. I shouldn't bring this coach that perhaps you could identify yourself with into our relationship unless she asks for it, unless she wants it. Yeah. And it was one thing that you said one time of like asking the person what they need from you, like during a conversation. It's like, yeah. do you need me to support you? Do you just need me to listen? Do you want me to give you advice? Like, what do you want from me? And ever since we implemented that, it's so much easier. Yeah. And it's such a good process of elimination so that communication barriers don't get crossed. And then you just yeah. end up in a screaming match. Because yeah. now, even if um, Joanne says, I want you to support me in this way, and I say something, she goes to bite at me, I go, remember, remember you said for me to do this? And she'll go... Yeah. don't remember (laughs) totally totally and I think like it's one of the things where the place like the place that we've grown up like obviously I'm high blanter legend but we did grow up fucking 10 minutes apart (laughs) like the place that we've grown up the communities that we've grown up in like the people that we've been surrounded by yes we have chosen to like break away from the mold essentially and do something different and not go down traditional roots of our careers and and that kind of thing but there's still something about staying linked to the the places and the people that have raised you and brought you who you are and I think that's where like 
fr- like good friends and a good partner really come in because they remind you of all of the things that have brought you to where you are like not just the struggle but like the culture that you've been raised in like the people who have known you at different evolution the people who stuck by you when you were a dick and still want to be your pal do you know what I mean like it's it's I think it's really important that we don't discount those relationships because it's those people who who do know who you are deep down and have known you at every stage not just people who know you at this stage in your life and I think that it can be really easy to get like swept up and caught up in exciting things and what should I be doing and here's new rooms that I'm going into and new things that I'm doing and doing things at another level and actually like that's all very well and good but you can't just be that all the time like if if you're only getting your identity from there then who is it that you are with your husband your wife when when you're behind closed doors like because they don't get a fuck <laughs> right like they're proud like joanne and paul are proud of us right they love us they support us they're, they're our biggest cheerleaders but they don't want to li- listen to us talk about fucking the latest in the fitness industry at night when we're eating dinner do you know what i mean because that's not who that's not who we are to them and that's not who we should be to them and like even your pals like my house and i know yours are as well like so supportive of what we do and they're proud of us but when we're together we're talking fucking shite about somebody we went to school with that we've not seen in 10 years, you know what I mean? Have you heard what they're up to? Like, we're not talking about those kind of things because, crucially, your identity's fucking layered. Like, you're multiple different people within the one persona. You can't just be this one part, this one thing. And I think sometimes when people get into the trap of being focused on high performance, exactly as you say, they're a high performer in one area. And they're really, really good at one thing. So they diminish the importance of everything else. And it's like, you can't just be that one thing. You can't just be buying that one drum. Like, you need to look at your whole self and not just the sum of your parts. You need to look at who you are as a whole and not just that one thing that you're good at. Because see, if you're running a fucking majorly successful business and everything, everything in your industry thinks that you're amazing, being an absolute fucking dick to your wife and you've got shit personal standards, what's the point? Like... You can't just define yourself by the person you are in one area. And crucially, if you are only defining yourself by what people in your community, your friends, your family, who they see you as, like you can then use that as the reason to just stay that person because that's all that they know. Like you have to ask yourself, actually, is there somewhere else that I need to be? Is there somewhere else that I do need to go for me to grow into the person that I know that I am? because it's you that has to define it and I think the thing that really sets this apart for me for people who I know are really in that place of not even just high performance but self-assurance and really know who they are is people who seek validation and reassurance will come to us and say I did x y and z is that okay was that right have I done that wrong should I have done something differently see people who are very self-assured they'll say i was i think i'm going to do this what are your thoughts right and then they might go to somebody else and say i've been thinking about this i think i'm going to do x y and z i've spoke to somebody else about it have you got any input and then they'll take that information they'll make the decision they'll implement it and they'll do it and it's less about doing the guesswork of the decision making and then seeking validation reassurance was this the right thing to do and actually 
I'm responsible for the decision. I'm going to seek some input, not advice, right? Input from other people who I hold in high regard. And then I'm going to make the decision and I'm going to stick with it. And for me, that's a really crucial difference between people who are really, really focused on what they control, putting ego in the back seat, giving themselves that assurance and sticking with what they say, as opposed to looking for that validation for what they've done. That's such a good example that you gave there, by the way, because last week I done just that. No, two weeks ago, 19 days ago, 18 days ago, how long have I been cutting for? <laughs> I'm losing track of days. Fucking two but, minutes. <laughs> but I've got coaches, right? And I rarely use them. I use them when I need them, which is rare, right? But that's what coaching is also for. It's about having people in your corner when you need them. That's like a valuable asset to me. And I know exactly what I'm doing when it comes to dieting. Exactly what I'm doing. But I reached out and I done, I promised you at the start of the year I was going to communicate with you a little bit more. And this is when I'm starting my cut. This is what I'm thinking. And I would love any input. And see the way I was going to do it. They came back and they were like, well, why don't you do this? And I was like, you know what? It's actually a very good choice. Let's fucking do that. <laughs> you know? Because the thing, I'd, I'd, been, I'd been in my first like big daddy stripping face for so long. And there was maybe a bit of my ego that didn't want to let go of eating as much food. So I wanted to slowly taper it down. And then they were just like, why don't we just blast and cruise? Just blast it for a number of weeks. Then you can like reverse diet into something I would tell a client. Then yeah. reverse diet into like um, the stag do the wedding. So you're fuller, you're just as lean, you're looking good. Something I would tell a client. And I was just like, why the fuck did I not think of that? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And that is the difference. Like, I don't not use them for my ego. I just use them when I need them. But I'm actively trying to even ask simpler things just in case there's an alternative. Because even though you think you may know best, there's always people looking at it more so from a subjective standpoint, not emotionally attached to what you're about to do that can give you better advice and hold you to higher a higher standard of accountability for that. Yeah, absolutely. And all a coach does is offer you a different perspective, yeah. right? Like, we are not here. Yes, there's an element of us saying to you, like, follow this process, right? Yeah. For this period of time to get what you want follow this process but ultimately if you get to a point where you're like this part of this process is not working for me we're not going to go we'll just shut the fuck up and do it right if you're dicking about we will yeah. <laughs> right but there's a clear difference between you dicking about and something genuinely not working if it's genuinely not working our job is not to convince you that our way is the right way and that you're the problem but actually just to offer you a different perspective to say have you considered x y and z factored into your decision making right I get that this is what you think you need right now and this is what you want most here is why we have suggested this instead right because if we do x that outcome will happen if we do y that outcome will happen the choice is yours but here are two different perspectives for you to think about that that's a coach's job is just to offer you a different lens to look at the same situation through it's not for us to change the whole way that you think, but that over time, you will stop and ask yourself, is there a different way that I could be perceiving this? And it's funny now that when you move away from being someone who does pass judgment and others or who does hold a lot of fucking anger and like rage towards the world, sometimes if I find that judgment coming up in myself now, I'm a bit like, why am, why am I so annoyed about this? Why is that person pissing me off so much? Like, what is it in me 
that they're triggering because it's always about you, right? Nobody makes you feel anything. See that whole they make me feel a certain way. Nobody oh, makes you feel anything, right? You you need to be the person who controls your emotions. So if I interact with certain people or certain groups of people or go to certain things and I'm like, this is not for me. This is not my cup of tea. I feel majorly uncomfortable. I go to therapy and talk about what's happening within me that caused that, right? I could blame the person that I've had a bad interaction with or the people or the environment or whatever it was that caused it. I could blame them and I'm blue in the face. But actually, the way that I've responded to it is for me to understand where does that come from within me and how do I heal that? What bit of me has that brought up? And then I go, oh, Christ, well, Jean goes, could it be this? And I'm like, oh, fuck, that's exactly what it is, right? So then I'm aware of it. So when I feel it again, I'm like, that's that thing again. I know where that's coming from. I know what I need to do. Instead yeah. of me going, ah, that's a, they're an arsehole, <laughs> right? And just <laughs> living in that belief of the, like people are still arseholes, crucially, right? And it's fine to not want to be around people who you don't like and who make you uncomfortable. But if it's bringing up something in you, take the time to understand it in you so that people don't make you feel anything. You can say, ah, this, I know exactly where this is coming from. I'm just going to remove myself for this because I don't want to feel this way. This is like ultimate like self-accountability and responsibility. Realistically, and I think everyone needs to get to that point. And as we quite rightly say to our clients very often, like if a client does pig out, eats a little bit too much, they don't have the self-awareness to understand what the issues were, what happened on the lead up, what drove the decisions, because they are just judging themselves. So if they're too busy judging other people in those same scenarios, they can't actually look within and figure out what it is that it's triggering in them. And I know for me, like I've not really had that crop up that much because I've done so much work in myself likewise to you but when it does crop up you do question it and you know the most common one for when it happens for me these days obviously we are flat out and we pride ourselves on like the the level of support education communication we give to our clients but also when there's like processes that need to be changed staff members that need to be onboarded like events that need to be run um and all that sort of stuff it can become a lot and we do obviously work over and above a lot at the time to make sure that this is well delivered. That's why we were talking last week about having the, the appropriate outlets. But see when someone is putting in less effort and they're a little bit more laid back, I'm like lazy cunt and I'm like, no, wait, they're not a lazy cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, wait, they are not a lazy cunt. Maybe they just want to run their business a little bit differently. They want to put in a little bit less effort and get more else out. They want to get more out elsewhere. And I know it's just my ego talking, so I'm like, no, they're not. And to be perfectly honest, I'm admiring the fact that they can take time back because I'm up yeah. to my fucking eyeballs. Like, that is the problem. I am I am admiring the fact that they've been able to go out with their family and have that dinner on Saturday when I've been sitting on my laptop doing work, like yeah. trying to create a system, trying to create a process, setting up an event, contacting loads of people, all the rest of it. I am admiring the fact that they are doing something that I can't currently do. And I'm pissed off at myself. So then I judge them. Yeah. And that's the most common one for me, like, um, in, in this kind of day and age. And all I do is go, fuck this, come off social media. <laughs> yeah. I take myself away from what I'm doing and actually go, do I need to be doing this right now? Yeah. Do I really need to be doing this right now? It's actually a good reminder when I let my ego down to go, that person actually just helped me from what I've seen, not have to sit here on a Saturday night doing work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that it's provoked that that feeling in you, that response in you tells you that that's where I need to do the work. 
that's what I need to do more of because if that's what that's provoking in me and it's because it's something that I want that tells me that that like I need to do that same work because you have no idea if that person was sitting at the laptop last Saturday night going I wish I was fucking out with my family for dinner <laughs> do you know what I mean so it is very much like the it's very much the getting down into what they actually want instead of what is the perception that I want to try and create and I think like the one that always comes up for me is like it's always the fucking it's always like the scared wee girl that lives fucking deep within me it's always the inner child right every single fucking time it's always the inner child that comes ripping out and it's always that like imposter syndrome every single time like who the fuck do you think you are like you don't belong here like this isn't what you're supposed to be doing and sometimes that can really manifest as like a like I don't I like I don't deserve to be here and I shouldn't be here therefore I have to go above and beyond and do double what I'm doing right now <laughs> right times. say that again I've seen that plenty of times <laughs> right so so you don't deserve to be here somebody's going to figure out eventually that you're a fraud and that you're making all this up as you go along right and that this is all a big facade so you need to do double what you're doing right now so that they don't figure it out and you can keep up the fucking you can keep up the game for a lot longer and they'll not they'll not figure out that you're actually a fucking weapon right and i'm a weapon right but the work then that needs to be done is not then me getting annoyed that like oh my god I'm doing all this I'm, I need to do all these things and people are going to expect this of me and I need to go above and beyond I need to do more than people ask of me no you fucking don't because that's all you <laughs> right it's not nobody else has put that expectation on me to do double except me <laughs> right so actually when I'm then getting resentful of I shouldn't be fucking doing all this who made the decision to fucking do it you, Jen, who offered to do six times the thing that was expected of you. You, Jen, right? You have a fucking inability to say no and a brain that goes, here's 15 ideas and I'll do them all. <laughs> Every time. You know, it's funny because whenever I am supposed to be out of comms, <laughs> it literally takes me. So if she sees me reply to a client, because obviously we're in group chats with clients, so it's like me, Jen, the client, soon to be Rudy in there as well. And um, she can obviously see if I'm online and if I'm responding to people, even if I've not responded to her. And I'll just get an instant message saying, get out my fucking swamp. <laughs> <laughs> but it's so true. And the thing is, like, even talking beforehand, like, you were a heavy week up until this point, and you're already saying to me, like, I'll be in tomorrow at this time because obviously I'm going to get my wedding rings tomorrow. I'm going to get my suit. I'm going to be a little bit more out of business, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't rest for the week that you've had as well. So straight away, you're like, I'm going to go in at this time. And I'm like, you don't need to be in there for that long. You've just pulled a number out your ass because you're like, that will justify the time I've not been in here this week already. And I'm like, everything's everything accounted for. There's nothing fucking waiting for you. Stop trying to like overdo it and just only do this and don't do the, the rest of it. <laughs> this is years of working the flexi time system. I'm like, I need to make up my flexi. <laughs> I've got 10 hours to make up on Friday. How can I divide this? Like between all my responsibilities and still get the 10 hours in, like fucking walking to midnight. Um, how did we even get here on the chip? Uh, <laughs> so, I have no idea. I never know how we get here, to be honest. <laughs> Maybe we're going. Maybe we're going to need to bring a wee bit more cohesion in the future. <laughs> I maybe some structure, some questioning. The thing is, I actually got quite bored of some podcasts because they were just questions all the time. Right. Talking. The thing is, I think actually more opens up a little bit when you're just talking about things mm -hmm. and 
you kind of go off on a tangent and explains things to people that they maybe didn't quite understand. The thing is, we have we have had feedback saying that you like the tangents we go on. <laughs> true, that's very true. Everybody has so, said, or I've enjoyed this week's tangent. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we might as well just keep it coming, but hopefully you got what we were trying to say. I know, because we can't fucking remember. Listen, <laughs> yeah. we say a lot of things all the time. To be fair, I'll know things I've not said. So, like, if a client came to me and said, "You, you said I could do this," I'd be like, "Fucking horseshit." No. <laughs> say a lot <laughs> of things. Lies. That. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I think it's it's probably best that you and I get some sleep so we remember what we talked about on the next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. In summary, bin your fucking egos. I in summary, bin your egos. Fucking experiment. Fucking don't worry about failure because fail- if change happens through experimentation, so every time you fail at something, just tell yourself it was an experiment. 100%. Like, take the lessons, take more from every challenge than they take from you. Make sure that you create an environment that is conducive to your success. Like, tell the people around you who you are working to becoming and ask them to fucking support you and see yeah. if they don't want to support you. That's fine. Go and find people who will because there's yeah. loads of people out there. Absolutely. And don't expect everybody to be as excited about your thing as you are. No. See if they don't want to support you. Let let go of the need to be supported. Support yourself. Like not everybody's going to be interested in what you do. Like just to just to finish off before I start another tangent, right? But like it's funny because you'll get this, right? Like we have families who absolutely love us, right? like my parents my, my in-laws especially like I just love them the absolute but I don't love them more than my parents I'm <laughs> like my in-laws especially I love you all the same right <laughs> not that they would ever listen to this right but they're so so supportive and they'll take an interest and they'll ask you questions how's things going how's business going where was it you bared this week and you explain it to them right and they don't have a fucking scoop of what you're talking about but do you know what they'll go good for you hen that that's good i'm glad you enjoying it aye and that's that and actually they don't need to understand the depth they don't need to support every single decision right every single time i tell them i'm going to run an- <laughs> i say to my mother-in-law i'm going to run another half marathon she went oh why <laughs> right she was like why the hell would you want to do that i don't need her to support me because she supports me as a person in every other way so you don't need people to support every single decision that you're going to make and every single thing that you're going to do. Like, if you're so dependent on other people bigging you up and validating you and supporting you and saying, oh my God, yeah, go for it. Every Like, you need to question why you need that from them for you to be able to go and do it. See if you learn how to support yourself and you build your own shit. No fucker can ever take it off you, ever. Exactly. And, that, and that's the whole point of what we teach like build yourself for life so you do not need to relinquish that control to anyone. And that's why we've said in this podcast, like business, life, relationships, if they fell apart, we'd be fucking okay. We'd rebuild. And what you're saying there, you do just need the support. It's so funny, like the way my my grand speaks to me when I talk to her about things, like she's got dementia, God bless her. And um, she is at a point now where she is um, struggling to, to remember what you just spoke about that way. So when I'm in, she will um, have the same conversation with me like several times, but it's always just the same reaction. And it's not, why the hell are you doing that? Or why why would you think that that's right? It's always just like, oh, amazing son, like brilliant, like yeah. fantastic. Like I hope, I hope it goes well. And then she'll ask me the same thing next and I'll tell her again and she'll be like, oh, amazing son. I hope that goes extremely well. Like I'm so excited for it. Like it's just the same thing on repeat. And I think it's so important to, to realise 
like Jenna said, that you don't want anyone else blowing your own trumpet. Just fucking blow your own trumpet. See, even if you don't feel as if you can blow your own trumpet, do the work until you get to a point where you can feel like you can blow your own trumpet. I've been doing this work for fucking 13 years, right? I'm finally blowing my own trumpet, probably maybe within the last year, right? A lot of trials, a lot of errors, a lot of fucking failures, a lot of tears, a lot of fucking blood, sweat, and just sheer graft. Several pounds gained and lost later. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> again, and then lost several miles ran. Like, I'm finally just about here, mm-hmm. you know? And when I actually look at it, like, even when I first started, like, my first kind of transformation previously, like, the amount of steps that I do on average, like, this is just, like, one stat, for example, like, people talking about their step count. It's taken me something like... Because I remember tallying up based upon an average that I do currently, and I've always kind of been this active since I started kind of getting into the gym and stuff. If I had to tally up, it's taken me something like 150 million steps, actual steps with your feet, to get to where I am now. Mm. And I like to kind of change the perspective on that and be like, but it's also took me about 150 million like baby steps in different directions to figure out which route is best to take. Yeah, absolutely. And like... See if you're fucking three quarters of the way up the mountain and you go, shit, this isn't my mountain. Like, go the three quarters of the way back down, go and find the other one and go and climb the whole fucking thing. Like, if you're just climbing the rest of that mountain because you're like, fuck it, I'm three quarters up anyway, I may as well just keep going up the wrong one. Why? Why why waste that quarter of time going up the wrong mountain? Like, just because you've realised it's not right, like... Just because you've now put in all I've put in all that effort now, so I may as well just fucking finish this one thing. If it's the wrong thing, then it's not fucking calculated effort. It's just fucking ego. 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 <laughs> see, see, there we came back. <laughs> we find ourselves again. <laughs> um, but it's so true. Uh, it's so true, and people people definitely need to understand that because winners actually do know when to quit. Like, people are like, oh, I'm such a winner, I'm such a high performer, don't know when to quit. And I'm like, well, you're not fucking that much of a winner and high performer, then, are you? Like, you you logically can look at the things that are best for you not to do. So stop hiding behind your fucking ego and get a grip of yourself, you fucking cunt. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, like, at the end of the day, sometimes, especially with people who are egotistical, they do need their character given to them a little bit. And they do need to be brought down a bit. Like, see that old saying of, like, you need to be brought down a peg? People do need to be brought down a peg. And now, like, when people portray ego around me, I will try and bring them down a peg. Not out of, I won't I won't do it out of malice, but I will ask them a line of questioning to get to the bottom of the, the real answers. And when you start fumbling and not being able to answer or show evidence, I'm like, are you now starting to see that this is an ego thing? Yeah, <laughs> I love assassinating egos. <laughs> you know what? I fucking love when people do it to me. Same. I absolutely love, love when somebody gives me a dressing down and says, you need to fucking pack this in. You need to stop making decisions based on what you think is right. You need to just get the head down and go and do that fucking thing. Like, stop thinking about it. Stop being a dick. Stop being a fucking idiot. Just go and do it. Like, I absolutely love. And this is why it's so important to have different kinds of people in your corner as well, from different backgrounds, different bits of the world, different industries. You need people from everywhere so that when you're too much in one place, like my mentor Sharon, like is not in that she's in the public sector, like wildly successful career over there. And when I'm over here, 
talk about shit that's not that important she's like why the fuck are you even concerned about that stop it <laughs> i'm like okay <laughs> i will listen to you <laughs> <laughs> no but it is it's true and i don't think many people have those types of folk around them because look at the people that you do spend your time with who's excelling who's in good shape who's looking after themselves and i don't mean just putting a fucking little bad makeup on and learning how to fucking contour i'm talking about like who looks after themselves like who does everything that they like all the things that they do, what person do you know around you that does each of them at the same level of precision and the same level of respect? Very little people and you will learn from the people around you. That's why if you're in a, a, a circle of influence with other people, like if you have a family member who um, is obese, you're 40% more likely to become obese for a fucking reason, you know, because you are directly in alignment with them. There is no secret as to the kind of people that go to private school, for example, and yes, mums and dads and stuff may be rich, but loads of kids go on because they're around friendships that go on to like build their own businesses, become serial entrepreneurs. Like yes, they maybe had a better opportunity to start with, but the people they were around gave them different ideas, gave them a different that level sense. of things. Aye, you know, so like stop fucking focusing on everyone else and just get around better people because anyone can do it. Whether that be hiring a coach, whether that be going to a seminar, whether that be speaking to someone that inspired you on social media. The amount of messages I used to send back in the day, like to people who inspired me, like fucking send the messages. Egotistical cunt. <laughs> How nice is it for them to fucking hear it? I know, I know. I mean, How nice no. is it for them to go, fuck, something that I'm doing is resonating with other people? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And the thing is, maybe they need that little bit of reassurance to know that they're doing a good job. Be fucking kind. See this whole be kind shit, and then no, no one. Don't can... don't fucking start me in that shit. Just be, if you can be anything, be kind. Fuck aye. off. Aye, shut, <laughs> Sharon. Um, <laughs> we should round off there before we go off on another tangent. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a sleep deprivation kicking in. Devil, devil. Um, so guys, if you enjoyed it, if you enjoyed the tangent we went on, <laughs> and you want to hear more, please let us know. Tag us, share it. Do what you need to do. If um, you want us to actually start talking a bit more constructively with questions, <laughs> let us know. Um, but we will try and get some sleep before the next podcast. Promise. Promise, guys. But thank you so much for listening in, as always, and we will see you next time. Bye.